What's up, car nerds? It's your favorite supercar fanatics, Jay and Kevin. We're here to convince you that cars aren't just to get you from point A to point P. This is Fuel for Thought. What's up, car nerds? Welcome to another Fuel for Thought podcast episode. This is episode 14. I'm Jay. I'm here with... Kevin. Yes, that's your name. That's my name, yes. (laughs) Kevin's enjoying some candy right now. I'm kind of jealous. I want some too. But today we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit different from our usual programming. And uh, yeah, what is that, Kevin? What are we talking about? So we made a promise when we first started that we're going to talk about... uh, like the finance side of supercars we we've done that before but i feel like this this episode is going to be like you know really digging deep into the finance aspect of what we promised so uh the topic today big fan of this it's going to be uh diving into what it's going to take to buy my favorite dream car gallardo superleggera uh, it doesn't have to be gallardo superleggera we're just going off uh like a arbitrary price uh, well that's what the listing was at but yeah it's a deep dive into the world of finance which i know you're kind of a nerd about so <laughs> yeah so um this will be a good one because it's not only going to be the financial cost probably emotional cost and your family hating you too yes so <laughs> the best part is obviously we're going to look at how to comfortably afford this thing but then you know this is life real life we're going to get hit with milestones so how can we make it stretch our budget as much as we can live off food stamps to really buy that supercars because at the end of the day that's what life is all about just driving a lambo yeah like who i would live under a bridge and own a super gear like nobody really needs a house right Exactly. Like the famous saying goes, you can, you can, wait, what is it? You wow, can race. I butchered that. Yeah. No, you can sleep in a car, but can't <laughs> yes, race the house. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the words to live by, honestly. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you probably agree with us. And if not, this probably isn't the place for you. So, yeah. Okay, uh, let's let's dive into it. So first of all, what does a Superleggera cost? It's kind of the top where we want to start, probably. So this is a pain point for me. Uh, they're actually going up in value. Mm, that hurts. So, like, new, they're probably 150, maybe 200. And uh, the one, we actually went to see this one in Mississauga. It's uh, currently, well, it was selling for 225, and now it went up to 250. Goddamn. Of course. Uh, so, yeah, it's a quarter of a million dollars. Which makes absolutely no sense for Gallardo. Yeah. But it looks nice. I mean, just really quick for, you know, because we're car nerds. Um, before we get into the financials, what sets the Superleggera apart from like a normal, everyday Gallardo of that generation? Yeah, so it's essentially the race version of the Gallardo. So kind of similar to the, you know, you got the Aventador, then you got the Aventador SV. This is what the Superleggera is. It's Italian for super light. So uh, the interior is, my favorite part is the door panels are just full carbon. Like the whole thing is carbon fiber. Uh, Race seats, they added, in my opinion, like what really sets it apart is the body kit. So it's got a more aggressive diffuser, side skirts, front bumper, and then the beautiful like carbon fiber wing, which I I love. I feel like, that's what the Gallardo needed. Like the rear wing, uh, it kind of ties everything together. 
So yeah, that's basically what SuperHR is. That's Full sweet. So same engine and everything though. Like it's just like uh, strictly like visual and like light lightweight stuff, like weight saving. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. 10 more horsepower uh, that's achieved through the exhaust it's a full titanium exhaust from the factory i mean uh, 10 horsepower is not going to do anything no, you won't notice that unless it's, you're a race car driver yeah I, I think what they really wanted was light uh they that's why they changed the exhaust because it's titanium way lighter than the normal stock exhaust so yeah the whole point of this thing was make it as light as possible uh and Hopefully, you can go faster around the, which it did. It's actually its lap time for Nurburgring is on par with the Pagani, Zonda, and I think an early 911 GT3 RS, which is that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, for like a this is a big car, like all-wheel drive, V10, E-gear. It's it's a big car. Yeah. So to for it to do that well, it's um, impressive. Yeah, and it's not like. I mean, it's a bit lighter than the Gallardo, but it's still still a heavy car. It's still a big Audi, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, just uh, just so you know how much of nerds we are, Kevin just did that completely unscripted, so <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been my dream yeah, car exactly. for <laughs> 10 years now. <laughs> Had so to I, put you on the spot there. But no, no that's I've, I'm sure everyone listening is uh, kind of in the same boat. They have that one car, I know I do too, where you just know every little detail and you just like... Let me guess, Daydream, the RS5? You know, wet dreams about it. What? The RS5 for you? No, and that's not my dream car. It's the Ferrari F12, of course. But okay, yeah. The next car, RS5, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you got so many at this point. It's I like, know. It's, like, uh, yeah, we all, track. You can all probably relate to that, too. Just yeah. having an endless list on your phone and trying to chip away at what you want <laughs> what you want to actually get eventually. But you can have Jay Leno's garage at some point. Just like that baby, baby cars. Yeah. <laughs> All right, enough bullshit. Let's get into the actual financials. So, okay, 250K is what it's going for, the one that we looked at, right? Yeah. Um, so that was in Mississauga, Canada, which is kind of in the general Toronto area, G- GTA it's called. Um, so, yeah, what comes on top of that? What's, like, just right out of the gate, What's what do we have to consider uh, when we're looking at that price tag? So, obviously, taxes. Uh, you can't get away from them. Never. Sales tax. I... There's been a new tax introduced in Canada. It's called a luxury tax. I don't know fully how it works. It's essentially, it was just like, you know, a thing for tax the rich. A lot of dealerships have ways to avoid it. So I like, I have to talk to the, the owner of the dealership and see like, you know, if there's ways around it. But I believe this, the luxury tax is an extra 5%. But we just calculated based off 13% because it's a used car, it might be exempt for it. So the total comes down to 282. So 282K for what year is this one actually? 2012, I think. Yeah, 11 year old car. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be that. buying a Kia for, for anywhere near that, and let's, uh, let's be honest. But hey, it's a Super Legera. Okay, so we got the current cost. We got 13% tax rate. We're at $282,500. Do you want to explain what the 20% rule is? Yeah, so ideally for a car, uh, this mostly goes for like everyday cars. The rule doesn't really make sense for like uh, supercars. So the rule is 20 down, a four-year loan, and then that should be 10% of your income. 
Okay, let's, let's let's slow that down. So twenty percent of the value of the car as a down payment. Yeah. And then what was the other things you mentioned? A four-year loan. Okay, so four four years of financing on top of whatever you put down. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the total amount you're paying every month, or you, you can do every year, uh, should only ex- uh, be ten percent of your income. Okay, gotcha. So I guess the idea here is to pay 20% up front and then pay 20% every year for a total of like, yeah, four years with 20% up front. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Okay, that's a good that's a good thing to aim for. So the question is, is it better to finance or just to buy it outright? What do you, what do you think? Uh, in these price ranges, it, it depends your situation, but ideally you want to finance it because if you're you know if you're wealthy you'll have investments uh and as long as your investments are returning more than you're paying on interest it makes way more sense to finance it definitely because then well you're making money if like if you're an average joe and you know you're you don't have investments or anything like that uh it's more ideal to yeah, pay cash because then you're not paying interest and you're not racking or adding to the bill, you know, on top of the initial cost of the car. So it's, yeah, it's uh, based on your situation. In this case, for supercars, you know, you always want to have some sort of investments and stuff because to, like, realistically, to put a quarter million dollars on a car and not have investments, that's the dumbest thing ever. Because it's a depreciating asset, you're paying interest, it it makes zero sense, and it's a car, you can't leave. Hey, hey, well, hold on, though. This is appreciating, though. So this is technically an investment, no? True. So that's, that's the thing about supercars. A lot of people that are well, like, you know, in Silicon Valley, like, you know, tech bros who are making, like, 300K a year just by writing a few lines of code, uh, they they would actually seek out cars that are valuable, like the Ford GT, uh, Ferrari five nine nine, some Corvettes, some Vipers that are appreciating value. And technically, you own this car for like a year, maybe two, put some mileage on it, have fun, you know, post on Instagram, flex, and get girls and stuff. And then you sell it for a profit, and you know, sure you you have to pay like insurance and gas and all, but usually you can almost come out flush that's crazy by owning a car and like creating a bunch of good experiences good memories so if you buy the car right it does make financial sense unless you like start modding it or crash into a pole that's the thing right yeah you can never guarantee that because it's one accident and there goes your investment right but yeah of course it also depends on like the market cycles and stuff like that like obviously right now uh, with interest rates and stuff if you are financing it like the interest rates are naturally going to be a lot higher than they were a couple of years ago. So it might make less financial sense to do it now than it did maybe in 2018 or 2019, um, yeah. considering that interest rates probably went up three or 4%. And for those of you that aren't too familiar with finance, essentially, because the interest rates in the environment, in the economy went up, that means that every loan you take, so whether that be a mortgage or a credit card or um, in this case, a car payment, the payment amount would go up because the interest that you're paying each year is also going to be higher. So um, just a bit of background. So I guess it, it would make less financial sense now to finance. And based on your investments, it might still make sense. Um, I'm guessing it probably, 
like the market returns on average seven to ten percent so i wouldn't imagine interest on a car loan to be that high but again that depends on your situation if you have bad credit or other things like that um yeah quick little spiel about interest but yeah it's it's i mean really there's no way to justify yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter your situation putting this much money into a car will almost never make sense like 99 percent of the time like maybe during covid when the car market was crazy because all the supply chains were messed up maybe you could have made money but then like how do you time that yeah You, you can't foresee the future so it's it's just luck and you're not buying this for investment. You can tell yourself you're yeah. going to make money, but uh, unless there is an, like, an asterisk there, if you're going to use that for profit, like a lot of YouTubers and like online personalities, like you know the people that uh, sell trading courses, it can kind of be seen as investment because it's part of your brand and you're kind of building an audience and a brand around wealth and you know this is an asset and like a a flagship of wealth so in a way kind of like um a good example is dde like his channel blew up because he had cool ferrari and would you know do a bunch of crazy stuff with that ferrari had he not had a ferrari i don't think he'd be where he was at if he was just driving a civic you know I don't think he would blow up. So in a way, that Ferrari was an asset for him and was didn't make sense as you know investment. Yeah, no, that that's actually a really important point because you know even though people who are buying this are probably not just ordinary people, but it's probably going to be someone with somewhat moderate influence at least, or so maybe somebody higher up still working at a company, or maybe have their own business. And these kinds of people can probably benefit from like marketing themselves and like you know brand awareness. So obviously, having a car like this brings a lot of attention to them in maybe good and bad ways, but mostly good in terms of them being seen as maybe successful or like growing their brand and stuff like that. Maybe even just bringing it to car shows and networking and bringing conversation. Like yeah. in that sense, definitely can be seen as an investment. But because people are curious, exactly, like you show up young professional looking guy and has a ferrari they're like okay this guy's doing something right i want to know what he's doing and that kind of can bring clientele you know if if you're selling i don't know life insurance and clearly you're doing well because you have a ferrari so you've made a lot of deals you made so people are naturally drawn to it because they they trust the process yeah definitely yeah and that's kind of also where the danger lies too because you know a lot of people are willing to you know risk everything (laughs) like you were talking about food stamps before yeah like that that's like the only thing that matters to them which i mean i can definitely relate to but maybe they are a little too risky in like making this purchase when it doesn't really make sense and they're up to their eyeballs in debt and didn't really put enough down just to kind of have that image and then it doesn't work out or they crash it um, so there's definitely like a kind of a caveat with that, that you really need to know where you stand financially before you do any of this stuff. That's like a huge issue in Miami. A bunch of like upcoming rappers will get their signing bonus or some sort of money and will just go straight to the dealership and then flex on the beaches with their Lambo. 
Uh, and it's like a real problem because there's so many repos so in bad. Miami. It's just, it's a whole business. Like people would just repo Lambos. That's their whole business. It's unreal. It's crazy. I mean, even just like, like we're from Canada, obviously, but in Alberta, uh, there's this place. I mean, you probably know of it. It's called the oil sands, but it's essentially Canada's like oil patch where it's similar to Texas, where we just have a bunch of oil kind of in the ground and it attracts a lot of young talent to kind of, you know, make big bucks and, you know, just make some money up there without any college education. But essentially, Fort McMurray is this city close to there, and that's where everyone flies into to go work in the oil fields. And there's everyone just, you know, in the oil boom, everyone had a bunch of money. They bought a bunch of nice equipment, nice things, nice cars, nice trucks, everything. And then in 2017, there was that big, you know, oil crash that happened in Alberta and just the oil industry in general. And um, I think there's something like 50 or 60 like F-350s, like Ford F-350s, brand spanking new just sitting at the airport, just abandoned. And yeah, just people just kind of left them there because they couldn't pay for them um, and just kind of left. And <laughs> just, yeah, so again, similar thing. They kind of overspent on maybe what they shouldn't have. Maybe they didn't have enough financial education or didn't have help from other people. But again, it just, it adds up. So again, something to consider before, you know, putting your life savings into a car. That's actually a thing in Dubai too. People leave their cars because it's weird. It's illegal to declare bankruptcy. You're like you'll end up in jail in Dubai. <laughs> so what people do is buy Ferraris, go bankrupt, and then just leave it at the airport. And that's when you see the pictures. Like the most famous one was a Ferrari Enzo, oh with like God. a bunch of dust and just parked in some janky parking lot. It was left there for years. That's brutal. Yeah, that so hurts. It hurts, but um, it eventually was picked up by the city and then auctioned off. So oh, it's, okay. it's someone's went back to people. Yeah, yeah, tucked in away in a garage to never see day of light ever again. So yeah, that's a topic for a whole other episode. But yeah, okay, uh, yeah, back back to the numbers here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what if we do want to finance? How would we break that down? Do you think what's kind of the best way, and and what are some of the numbers that we could be looking at? Yeah, so ideally you want to put 20% down, so that's going to be 56,000. Uh, Hefty sum, but you know. That's, yeah, it's pretty pretty big. <laughs> so 56,000 down payment, and then that means your like your total finance is going to be 226,000. For um, here, I, I put down six years, because I, I feel like the four year rule is pushing it like it'd be like six thousand dollars a month which is insane yeah and like you said i think that's for like normal cars right is that is that what the rules based on yeah the 2410 is usually like everyday cars like okay, if you're yeah. going to buy a honda civic so this one because like 10 percent of your income is if if you're buying a car for quarter million that means like <laughs> what 2.5 million income yeah like it's just not really realistic no uh, so yeah, we're gonna do a 70, 72 month term, uh, and then interest. This one was kind of hard. Like I didn't want to call the interest companies, uh, but every single website I went on was like, "Oh, put this info, and then you'll get a quote." I'm like, I don't want a quote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just went with this range from uh, the official Ontario website, which is like usually loans are either between five to 30 percent yeah of course that depends on like a range of factors it's kind of like a mortgage right where 
you know, yeah. all of your income factors and, you know, like your credit age, score. your credit score, yeah. exactly. And all of that's taken into account um, yeah. to kind of come up with that. So obviously if you have like a 850 credit score and, you know, you're, you're killing it, you're making, making a, a good living and even just like, you don't need to be making a lot, but just like not have a lot of debt that looks really good as well. So, I mean, you can get easily get down to that 5% level. It's, it's not too difficult, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, debt, I wouldn't say is a bad thing. It, you can have good debt. Like if you of have course. a company or if you have a, a house and two other cars, you can have good debt. Yeah. Debt's not bad. It's if you can't manage your debt, then of that's course. a red flag. And it, it comes down to that debt to income ratio too. It's like if yeah. you, if you have a hundred K debt and your income's a hundred K, that's not looking too great. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, the, it does, actually, the bank's doing something wrong for you to have that much. That's a good debt. point. And I think it's actually based on monthly payments too. So, like, I think it's based on monthly income and then your monthly debt service. So, if you have to pay, for example, like five hundred dollars a month for your credit card, and then you have to pay a thousand dollars for a line of credit in terms of interest and principal, then if you're only making three thousand a month, that's like what fifty percent debt to income. So, yeah, yeah, they want typically want something above fifty percent, um, which is you know. Yeah. Below, sorry. I don't know. Below. Math probably. in my head. Yeah, yeah below. <laughs> Got to write this stuff down. Okay. So, yeah, uh, just general spiel there about interest again. But so I, I yeah. put down. What does that eight, come down to? Yeah, I put down 8%. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's I feel a, like that's a fair level. number for uh, borrowing. Yeah. And then that would bring like the total monthly payment to 3400 which sounds sort of reasonable to me yeah just more than both our rents combined uh well mine is but like i'm splitting it so yeah but 3500 yeah yeah there you so, go yeah i mean so. my rent um <laughs> pretty much your rent the, the thing i i found interesting though like if if you're going through this whole thing and you actually pay for the whole six years like you know monthly 3400 it's going to cost you eighteen thousand dollars to to borrow like that's that's what you're paying in interest it's insane that's crazy. Yeah. Again, I need to go on a spiel with this, but <laughs> I did this with like a mortgage and like on a 30 year mortgage term, like you you end up paying your house twice yeah. in interest. So this doesn't seem too bad to me, honestly, but still it's just, it, people don't realize how much it eats away at how much you're paying. Like most of your payments at the start are interest, it's just straight interest, which is nuts to me, but yeah. So 19K, you could have bought a pretty nice like older Audi or something with that money if you didn't finance it. But again, oh, one thing I wanted to add before actually, um, you can get pretty creative with this stuff because if you do finance and you have your own business, you could find a way to make this a business expense and write off the interest, so. Yeah, good luck telling the CRA. Uh, yeah, I bought a Lambo for my whatever business, my <laughs> tech company business. Hey, if you have an influencer business and you're a YouTuber, you can you might be able to make that work. But also, but, I've, I've heard before, it's a little shady, you guys didn't hear it from me, but um, there is, you know, you can take out a line of credit and then pay your payments for, um, you know, your car with that and then charge the interest to that line of credit mm. to your business. That, that's another way you could look at it. Anyway, didn't, didn't hear it from me. I live in the Cayman Islands. They've gone after me. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's why we got the podcast, right? This is going to be... <laughs> Our business expense. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta make it happen. Yeah, we gotta drive to the podcast studio in a Bugatti. That's, there you go. It's pretty that's, obvious. That's why we need it. Yeah. And marketing for something. I don't, interest I don't. alone would be more than we make off this per year. But you know, 
Yeah. It is what it is. All right, now what about, um, let's turn to like running costs of actually running the car because it doesn't just end with the sale price, right? Unfortunately not. Uh, so this one, I went conservative. I'm paying, just just for reference, I'm paying almost five grand for my shitty car. So I put 9,000 for insurance. You can you can really lower it because this, this car is not gonna be a daily driver. You're gonna put like definitely less than 5,000 kilometers a year, maybe 10, under 10,000. So um, insurance takes that into factor. It's hard to say, I, I didn't, again, I didn't wanna call an insurance company to get a quote. But uh, if we're going off our age, it's probably going to be more than 10,000. But just for the example, 9,000. Then we got maintenance. This V10 is very reliable and the whole Gallardo platform is very well built. So I put 2,000 a year um, for maintenance. I feel like that's pretty fair. If you have a Lambo, please do not take it to the Lambo dealer for an oil change. That will be your entire yearly maintenance bill. <laughs> It's a uh, this this has always been like a gray area. So obviously you want a good maintenance record and a good history of the car. So if you take it to the dealership, you know it's done like service well, and that's gonna help resale value. But then again, like you know, if you own this car for two years, is it worth spending I don't know a thousand dollars every oil change, or do you go down the road for like three hundred dollars? but then it's not reputable maintenance shop, right? Yeah, it's that trade-off, right? Because it's like, how much is that gonna add to your resale value? If it's just oil changes at a shop, I'm not sure that would really be worth the value on the, the resale price, I don't know. That's something you'd have to weigh. It's know? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, I, I know for most instances, if you, let's say you buy a, a second-hand Lamborghini and serve it, service it somewhere else, most of the time the lambo dealerships might not buy it if it doesn't have a history with like certified dealers mm. they'll be like oh we can't vouch for the service that's been done we don't know like they won't take a risk so then you have to go third party dealerships which you know it's not bad but it's you might get less for it that makes sense yeah so it's it, it's like it's hard to tell like it's pros and cons and be yeah i would definitely recommend like if you if you aren't you know mechanically savvy or something and you want to save money i'd recommend if you can financially afford it to to go to maybe not a lambo dealer but even like an audi dealer they'll, they'll be able to do most of the service yeah because they they service r8s and stuff and it'll save you a couple bucks but just having that like if you're doing a bigger job like for example you're changing you know the head gasket or something i don't i don't know the uh, replacing um injectors or spark plugs something like that and then definitely if you do that at the, the dealer and have that maintenance record that's going to really boost resale value because people will know it's done correctly and that it's you know reliable service so yeah something to keep in mind if you're really tech savvy you can just do it yourself I mean. yeah that, that's the thing yeah if you are and you, you're like a red seal or something absolutely go for it make and your then, own maintenance records it's probably worth more than the dealer honestly yeah and at that point you can modify your own car and you don't have to bring it to their shop and yeah and in that case um, please let me know your number because <laughs> i would like to hire you as my mechanic yeah cool all right so what else for running costs kevin uh so this one is kind of optional the storage i don't know if, if you're buying this car you probably have a house so you're not going to pay for parking but 
I just put a thousand dollars just you know in case you're in a condo and um, need a parking spot and then fuel again depends how much you're driving it I just put 2k because you're obviously putting premium every time and uh, if you're driving like a madman you're gonna fill up every five minutes so that brings the total to let's let's say fifteen thousand um, dollars a year yeah this is a year for uh, just running costs for like owning the car and then do you want to jump into a breakdown for how we can afford it yeah sounds good I'm just doing some back of the napkin math here so if we multiply that monthly debt service of 3400 and we add that to the 15k so you need to be um, sorry one sec so yeah if you wanted to calculate those running costs with the debt service you'd be looking at about $56,000 a year to, to own this car roughly that's not including the down payment and that's including the monthly payments so yeah <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty expensive wait how did you get this number so I did 3400 and then multiply that by 12 and then I added the annual running costs that makes sense I just did 7,700 monthly, like total. Okay, yeah, so you could do that too. So 7,700 and multiply that by 12, you get, oh, that's a lot higher, what happened? Because, uh, oh, that's that's the um, the total like living costs too. Oh, I see, oh, yeah, that's what we're getting into next, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so yeah, let's, let's dive into that next actually, so Obviously, that's not our only cost. We also need to consider our living costs. So yeah. we're going to calculate total, like, you know, overhead that we would have if we owned this car. So we kind of did it for Toronto. You can, you know, change this according to your city. Write it down on a on a notepad or something if you want to. Uh, but for rent, we're we're looking at about fifteen hundred, and that's you know, if we have a roommate in in like a modest apartment in yeah. Toronto, that's probably what you're looking at. Uh, for food, around $800 a month. Also, being a little bit more conservative, but honestly, with increasing cost of living these days, it's not completely out of the picture uh, per person, especially if you eat out as well. Um, in terms of other personal expenses, uh, what was that, Kevin? That's just like transport and like makeup or, I don't know, that yeah, whatever the hell you... <laughs> uh, the clothes and like phone bills and, and all the other like expenses that add up. Yeah, so we, we didn't break it down too granularly, but yeah, that, so we left $1,000 for that. So our total here comes to 33 for that, 3300 um, And then we also considered some investment stuff, right? So in yeah. Canada, RSP, TFSA, um, in the US, 401k or your Roth IRA, whatever, whatever, you, whatever country you live in, it might be different. But either way, we're looking at about $1,000 a month, which we think is, you know, a reasonable amount to be saving for the future while you just bought your dream car. So, um, again, you might not be doing this right away when you buy this, honestly, but just to be conservative again, uh, considering that as well. So uh, that's where that 7700 comes from. So we got 30 or sorry, 4300 with the investments. Uh, so 3300 living expenses, 1000 to investments. And then we've got the car payment of 3400 and then we've got so that ends up being 7700 per month and that's about 90,000 per year and, and then tax. yeah and then you, yeah exactly so then you need to make let's say 120 before. so did that include the 
the running costs or I guess not, hey? No, I think I missed that part. That's okay. So okay, we're looking at one fifteen, so let's say like one thirty, one thirty five annual yeah. income minimum Which is to survive. Honestly, like it's not bad. That's that's reachable. Like Yeah, especially if it's like household income and you can somehow convince your partner to let you buy this car. <laughs> you know, like you could be earning seventy K each and you're good to go. Yeah, like it's not like I feel like when you think of a Lamborghini, you're probably like, oh, these guys own a business and like probably make like a million dollars every year. But like breaking this down, it's like, no, like you can be a, a wage cock and like, yeah, at a, like a corporate bank and like you can afford this. You can be mid, you don't even need to be an exec. You can be a mid level worker, like a senior, yeah, senior analyst or whatever, and, and like comfortably afford this if you're doing it right. Yeah, and this is not like pushing it like you're still putting money away for your future for a house or uh like retirement so it's not like you're just screwing yourself over for your future you, yeah. you're still yeah so it's, it's not it's not that bad and say even if you do have like i don't know like a mortgage or something and you can add a couple thousand a month to that i mean you're still sitting under 200k so yeah it's still it's it's expensive but not what i was thinking i was thinking you had to be ultra wealthy to afford something like this so all right um anything else you want to add kevin yeah so now oh yeah the fun part the fun part okay so that was responsible yeah (laughs) what happens if you say you know f it i don't want my feet i don't care about my future i don't care about my living status uh and just make it really uncomfortable to um, to buy this car so uh, we're talking about like food stamps going to food banks and like really just living off rice and beans every day uh so we're we're, we're estimating the food cost to be like 500 could even be lower and then let's say you rented like a crack shack which actually fun fact i i swear when i was in college one of the person like down the road did that um it was the dodgiest and most sketchy house i've ever seen in my life but the dude had a Ferrari 458 in the driveway. No way. And he... What a G. He, he was he was cool. He let me sit in the car and, like, I took pictures and, you know, I, I wanted him to give me a ride, but he was, like, in his bath mat, like, <laughs> or bathrobe and, like, just, <laughs> just just a weird dude. But I'm just picturing the guy from The Hangover, honestly, right now. Like, the, that's the, pretty the much... Sunglasses on. He had the a shower cap a pink shower cap <laughs> that's dude. literally what i was envisioning that's hilarious and uh he was just on the balcony like just chilling and like it was the weirdest thing but i yeah I, i'm just, uh, honestly i envy it that's amazing he was living the life yeah he knew he, he had a priority and this man made it happen he was probably selling drugs but <laughs> it's okay you know we'll <laughs> just ignore okay. that he had a cool car <laughs> uh anyway so yeah if you live like in a crack shack let's say pay a thousand dollars a rent um and then keep your personal expenses low just 500 bucks uh, another idea I, I don't know if this would work but if you use the car the lamborghini to try to have side hustles so like pizza delivery or you know uber or uh, you could do Turo or like rent it on the track you know you can make extra income uber xxl you know yeah or uber Uber luxury. Super fast. That, yeah. <laughs> Uber super. Yeah. Uber uh, so, you know, I could, there you go. You can make 500 bucks a month, maybe. There you go. And now what's the ultimate hack, though, to cutting your expenses? 
get a partner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Move them in and make them pay half of everything. <laughs> and get her on board with your supercar ideas. Get her pumped, you know, get her, give her an adrenaline or rush in the know. passenger seat. And yeah, or, yeah, or you just park it around the block. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. Uh, so, yeah, you could maybe lower your expenses to like 5900 a month. And that's with everything all in? Yeah, so that's like living and then car payment. Okay. Uh, I, I again probably missed the running cost, but whatever that doesn't exist. Uh, so yeah, you could technically make it work for uh, well ninety k before tax. Yeah. So add fifteen to that one hundred five. That's not bad. Yeah. Honestly, that's not bad at all. Especially if you're splitting it with a partner, that's fifty fifty five, fifty five thousand a year. You're happy. Yeah. So. Hey, all you listening, everyone here can do that. Buy a Lambo. <laughs> all right, cool. Anything else we want to add to this? or Maybe a disclaimer. Uh, don't actually go out and buy a Lambo. <laughs> Please don't. Make sure you're comfortable first. Like, yeah. Save, have a good emergency fund saved up so you, you know, if you lose your job, you're not having to sell your Lambo right away. Um, yeah, if you're financing it at that point, it's it's kind of a lost cause. Maybe meet with a financial advisor before. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Pulling the trigger. Yeah, this is not financial advice, FYI. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, so if you if you really want this, you can make it happen. That's kind of the the underlying thing. And um, just remember to be responsible. Think clearly. I know it's hard to think clearly when you want a fast car, but just make sure you can you know continue living if you can buy a car like this and and that you have some form of stable income and savings to kind of back it up but uh other than that yeah go ham yes it's attainable it is yeah that's all we needed to hear so uh there's our motivation of course all right uh is that everything kevin got anything else cool all right guys uh that wraps up episode 14 of fuel for thought Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. If you're still around, you must be a nerd just like us. In that case, head over to our Instagram at fuelforthought underscore podcast to check out our custom car specs. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the throttle today.